Good morning. Happy New Year's Eve. On New Year's Eve, most people make plans for what they're going to do later in the day, and one of ours at the Bodie household is to drink kitty cocktails. Sprite with the cherries in them and the cherry juice. Just so delicious. I'm not sure what your plans will be, but this morning we have the best drink ever. We drink deeply from our God's Word, and nothing quenches our thirst like that. Whatever your plans for today, next week, and the rest of the year, plan your future with the Lord. We'll worship using the order of service as it's printed out for you in your worship folder and projected on the screen. Let's begin with our first hymn, 807.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Let us confess our sins to the Lord. Holy God, gracious Father, I am sinful by nature and have sinned against you in my thoughts, words, and actions. I have not loved you with my whole heart. I have not loved others as I should. I deserve your punishment both now and forever. But Jesus, my Savior, paid for my sins with his innocent suffering and death. Trusting in him, I pray, God have mercy on me, a sinner. Our gracious Father in heaven has been merciful to us. He sent his only son, Jesus Christ, who gave his life as the atoning sacrifice for the sins of the whole world. Therefore, as a called servant of Christ, and by his authority, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. In peace let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Eternal Father, you have placed us in a world of space and time, and through the events of our lives, you bless us with your love. Grant that in this new year, we may know your presence, see your love at work, and live in anticipation of the coming of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Please be seated. The Lord had some difficult plans in store for the southern kingdom of Israel. Through Isaiah, he had announced that the Babylonians would come in, destroy Jerusalem, and carry his people off into exile. Yet for all those who looked to the Lord, their rock and their strength, his salvation would endure and last and be with them. Listen to me, you who pursue righteousness and who seek the Lord, Look to the rock from which you were cut and to the quarry from which you were hewn. Look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah, who gave you birth. When I called him, he was only one man, and I blessed him and made him many. The Lord will surely comfort Zion and will look with compassion on all her ruins. He will make her deserts like Eden, her wastelands like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in her, thanksgiving and the sound of singing. Listen to me, my people. Hear me, my nation. Instruction will go out from me. My justice will become a light to the nations. My righteousness draws near speedily. My salvation is on the way, and my arm will bring justice to the nations. The islands will look to me and wait in hope for my arm. Lift up your eyes to the heavens. Look at the earth beneath. The heavens will vanish like smoke. The earth will wear out like a garment, and its inhabitants die like flies. But my salvation will last forever. My righteousness will never fail. The word of the Lord. We sing Psalm 90 together.
Our second lesson from James chapter 4 will be the basis for our sermon today. Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. The word of the Lord. Please stand. lesson from Luke chapter 12 came into quite a bit of wealth. Whether we are rich or poor in the new year, let's be rich toward God. Lesson from Luke chapter 12. Someone in the crowd said to him, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat drink and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be for whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. The gospel of the Lord. Please be seated for our next hymn.
grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Heavenly Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Amen. God's word we consider in our sermon, the second lesson from James 4. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. There are so many schedules to keep track of. There's the work schedule, there's the vacation schedule, the school schedule. Then there's the appointments with the doctors, the meeting with your tax preparer or your financial advisor. Then where are you going to fit in the cleaning and the housework and the projects and the laundry and the dishes? It doesn't take long and our schedules are full. And yet even those who don't really actively plan, they have a plan. It's been said that those who fail to plan, plan to fail. Proverbs 19 says, Many are the plans of a person's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. So whether you share an online calendar with your family or write things all on a whiteboard up on your wall or make lists and stick them in your pocket, plan your new year with the Lord. The Lord's will be done in 2024. As we take a closer look at James, he speaks to our awareness and our attitude and also our action. James, in many different ways throughout his letter, addresses people who call themselves Christian, but then conduct their lives with complete disregard for God's will. And here in our section from James chapter 4, he talks to those who think that they have everything under control, their success and their future and their career and all of it. It's all in the palm of my own hand. There have been many people who thought that way. King Belshazzar in the book of Daniel, he feasted and he drank out of gold goblets. He figured he had everything under control, but then a hand appeared out of nowhere and wrote on the wall, the God who holds life in his hand took Belshazzar's life from him that night and his kingdom was divided up between the Medes and the Persians. Or Ananias and Sapphira, they figured they had everything under control as they sold that field and they inflated their offering to the church. They fell over dead on the spot for their dishonesty to the Holy Spirit. Or the congregation in Laodicea, they thought to themselves, I'm rich, I've acquired wealth, I do not need a thing. But the Lord said to them, you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, naked, and blind, I will spit you out of my mouth. For the rich man, in today's gospel lesson, he figured he had decades of eating, drinking, and merrymaking going on. And he lost it all that night. Those who figure they have their future and their success and everything under control, yet by nature, 
Isn't that us, too? I'm young and indestructible. I'm going to take whatever risks with my life that I want. I've been an adult for 20 years now. No one's going to tell me what to do or what not to do. Finally reached retirement. I've got so many experiences I want to squeeze in yet. So we plan out our schedules, our family time, our free time, our vacations, our career. I've got this. Don't be ignorant. James says, be aware. He says, why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What team will win or what stocks will wane? What the weather will do or what the government will decide? What direction your health will turn or how long travel will take? You do not know what tomorrow will bring. James says, be aware of what you are. You and I, you are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Like the fog that we sometimes get in our area. It's here for a few hours and then it dissipates. Or like the smoke coming off of the grill. Catch a nice whiff of it and then the wind carries it away. On Christmas Day, my family went up to Manitowoc to spend some time with my parents and my brother. And on our way back, driving down I-43, a good stretch of it was closed. We had to take quite a detour around. Apparently, a Suburban had struck a Tahoe, and two passengers died. One was 71, another was 38. And the very next day, on that same stretch of I-43, a 19-year-old hit a guardrail, spun off the road, and died. We are just a mist. Our life is here for a while, and then it vanishes. The devil has been using the same lie from the beginning, like smoke and mirrors. He continues to say to us, just like he said to Adam and Eve, you will not surely die. Look what you have in front of you. You be the master of your own fate and your own destiny. Take what you want, and don't be concerned at all with God's plans for you. So Adam and Eve, they carried through on their impulsive plan and excluded the Lord's command. Their relationship with God evaporated like mist. And ever since then, you and I, our lives here have been like a vapor that appears for a while and then vanishes. For the Lord's will to be done in 2024, it starts with an awareness from each of us how frail and fleeting our life is. But it's also an attitude. James is not condemning here traveling or business or wealth. No, not at all. The Apostle Paul himself, he traveled extensively and made all kinds of plans for it. Lydia, a believer from Philippi, she had a high-end purple dye business, and she was hospitable and devout as she followed the Lord. Abraham, our father in faith, he was extremely rich. James does not condemn travel or wealth or business here, rather an arrogant attitude that is behind it. Don't boast apart from the Lord, rather 
bow before the Lord in repentance for your arrogance. And then bow before the Lord in gratefulness for his good and gracious will. James says, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. There's really no ifs about it. It is the Lord's will that you live. James had learned that personally. When James was younger, in his arrogance, he thought Jesus was out of his mind. James was likely Jesus' half-brother, by the way. And James' plans for his future had nothing to do with Jesus' plans. Yet after Jesus died and rose again, he made a special appearance to James, called him to faith and to follow him, to life and to lead others to him as well. James learned personally that it was the Lord's will for him to live. And it's the Lord's will for you to live too. As Jesus was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, Lord, may this cup pass from me, but not as I will, as you will, Heavenly Father. Jesus prayed that three times. His Father's will for Jesus was not just something that he did on the side. It was everything in your place. And so Jesus, making the Father's will his own, he went to the cross and he drank down all of our arrogance, all of our boasting, all of our proud planning. He finished it. And God's anger against you is quenched. His will is done in Jesus Christ, our Savior. It is God's will that you live. God, our Savior, wants everyone to live and to come to a knowledge of the truth. Jesus said in John chapter 6, For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to me will have life, and I will raise them up on the last day. Or in Luke chapter 24, Jesus said, Repentance and the forgiveness of sins will be preached to all nations in my name. That includes you. It is God's will that you live. Yet each Christian will live longer or shorter here in this life. James himself lived long enough to hear about James, the brother of John, being beheaded by Herod. And James, the author of this epistle, was outlived by John, the apostle. The apostle Paul, he wrestled with whether he would live here for longer, continue working and ministering with the word among people, or depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. If it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. We bow before the Lord in grateful humility. That's our attitude. May the Lord's will be done in 2024. But God also speaks to our actions. Up until this point in this section of James 4, James has really addressed those who overplan, who think they can go and do whatever they want, wherever they want. Here in this last verse, he addresses those who underplan, those who let the most important things from God pass them by who miss out on great opportunities that God puts before them each day. He says, If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. 
One day, Jesus and his disciples were so mobbed and crowded by people that they couldn't even eat. And Jesus' mother and brothers heard about this. They went to go and get Jesus. And when Jesus heard that they were there, he looked around at those who were seated in a circle around him. And he said, Who are my mother and my brothers? Those who do God's will are my mother and my brother and my sister. That must have made quite an impression on James, the brother of our Lord, as he was there outside the house that day. Because throughout his letter, he impresses upon you and me that as a brother and sister of the Lord by faith, you do God's will. Do it. If anyone knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. Do you realize how good it is and how much good it does to pray for all people, for the government, for missionaries, for ministry, for the lost, for those who are hurting? Do not do that. It is sin. If you realize how good it is for you to share Jesus' saving name and his words with your own family and with the neighbors around you in your community and you don't do that, that is sin. If you know how good it is for your own soul to gather often around scripture and the sacrament with your church family, most of the time you don't bother to do it, that is sin. If you know how good it is to discipline your children and to help those around you and to lead a pure and decent life and to give first fruit offerings and to protect the reputations of others, but you don't do that, that is sin. If you bought a nice toy for your child for Christmas and it didn't do what it was supposed to do, you'd probably take that toy back or get rid of it. God has bought you with the blood of his son. If you do not do what you're supposed to do, he will get rid of you. The only way anyone can do the good that they ought to do is because of the one who did everything good in our place, Jesus. Jesus said, do not think that I have come to abolish the law and the prophets. No, I did not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. I tell you the truth. Until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear until everything has been accomplished. Jesus did every good thing in our place. Jesus lacks nothing good. Jesus has done it all for us. And he gives it to you today again. In his word. In wine and wafer attached to his word. And in the late service, through water in the word. For little Bruce. Jesus gives you all of his goodness, his holiness, his righteousness. You own it. You wear it. Now do something with it. Nothing gives a giver greater joy than when their gift is used. Your brother opens the new drone for Christmas and no sooner is that thing charged than it's whirring and buzzing around the living room. 
Your sister opens the book that you gave her for Christmas. And before she falls asleep that night, she's read at least four chapters. God has given you the greatest gift in Jesus. Every good thing. Do something with it. Get to work. Take action on it. That is how the Lord's will is done in 2024. It doesn't take long for us to realize that there is so much more we could do than there is time to do it. Just talking to someone before the service again, where did 2023 go? And 2024 will move through just as quickly. With all that we could do, what will you put on your calendar? What will be on your planner? It is God's will that all people be saved, that his word be proclaimed rightly, and that his people live holy lives in thanks to him. You're aware that your life is just a mist. Each day here, a gift from the Lord. You're also having the attitude of bowing before the Lord in humble thanks. You're ready to go into action by doing the Lord's will. May the Lord's will be done in 2024, especially among us. Amen. Please stand. Now may the peace of God, which goes beyond all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We confess our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is, seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation. He came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who in unity with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. We continue with prayer. Holy Spirit, we praise you for the washing of rebirth and renewal, which you will give to Bruce Tinker later today. Keep him in his baptismal grace all the days of his life on earth. Give strength to his parents to raise him as a child of God and help all of us who are baptized to live new lives of thanks to you each day. And we join to pray in our Savior's name. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly good and right that we should at all times and in all places give you thanks, O Lord, Holy Father, almighty and everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, by whose wonderful and mysterious birth you have opened our eyes to the glory of your grace and renewed in our hearts the fervor of your love. Therefore, with all the saints on earth and hosts of heaven, we praise your holy name and join their glorious song. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Please be seated for the distribution, and if you're visiting with us today, please note our practice of close communion as it's outlined on the screen and in your bulletin.